and that you are good. And, Lord, that you are powerful, almighty, all-knowing. And, uh, Lord, we praise you on high, and we thank you for your magnificent word as we open it this morning. Um, Lord, may you speak through Caleb as he shares of your goodness and your grace about forgiveness. And, Lord, turning um, from our old selves. And, Lord, we praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, this morning I have the pleasure of honoring our graduates, both from 8th grade to ninth grade and our graduating seniors. And we are doing this um, for this year as well as last year, because we missed last year. That being said, if you graduated high school this year or last year, would you please come up and we, on this side of the stage, we have daily devotionals and a, a small scholarship for you. Would you guys please come up and let us honor you? And if you are graduating from 8th grade to ninth grade, would you come up and we have a Bible for you. Don't, don't go anywhere. Grab your, grab, no, no, no. Stay, stay, stay. Grab, grab your, your gift and then just turn around and face the audience. JJ, you're there. I know it. Good job. <laughs> For you graduating seniors, I hope the, the flavor that is left in your mouth from Sierra Bible Church is that we support you and we love you and that this is your home. As you guys go off into the world that you remember this place, I, I hope you read those daily devotionals. I remember I got mine when I graduated. Uh, it was um, my utmost for his highest. I chose... Morning and Evening by Spurgeon. It's been updated for uh, our current language, so it's not Old English. And then Jake, when I graduated junior high, we were all given Bibles, and I still have that Bible, and it's, it's filled with notes of all the things that God taught me throughout high school. And so those have margins on the side for notes for you to take. And it's a treasure. These things are treasures. Use them. And then you look back and you see what God has given you, and, and hopefully you look back, and this, this church is, it's supported you and loved you, and you remember that. So Lord, we pray for these graduating students, Lord, that you would bless them, Father, as they continue on in their education and, and go out from among us, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would bring godly Christian friends into their lives, Lord, that would support them through these next years of college, Lord, and high school. That they would stir each other up towards good works and love. That they wouldn't fall away. And I pray they'd come back and serve you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Got a couple announcements for you. One, um, next week we're headed outside. We're going to have our outdoor service. It's going to be one service. Brad, are you here? Just walked out. I cannot remember if it's 10 or 10.30. <laughs> 10. Thank you, guys. Second announcement. Movie night has been postponed. There was a ladies' movie night planned for this week. It has been postponed. 
Third, VBS dates are July 12th through the 15th, so please, parents, put that on your calendar. If you'd like to help out and volunteer um, for for VBS, please see Brad Knoll. Fourth, baptism signups are at the info booth, and we are going to be having a baptism on the 13th of June. So if you have not been baptized and you believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as he is your Savior, you need to be baptized. That's what the Word tells us. And so um, please sign up for that. That's June 13th. And then I'd like to welcome up Shannon Brimer, and she's going to share with us about her mission down in Texas. Please welcome her up. Hi, I am Shannon Brimer. Um, For those of you who don't know me, I grew up in this church. I actually got saved right in that room when I was five years old. Um, but my last name is Brimer, Jamie Brimer, Tammy Brimer. Um, my whole family comes here, and um, we've been coming here for a really long time. And I am super thankful to say that um, you guys have supported me in my ministry. Um, I started ministry in 2014, but I specifically started at the place that I'm working at now um, in 2017. And you guys have been aside me financially and also prayerfully the entire time. And I just wanted to take some time to say thank you and also give you an update on what we are doing down in Texas. Um, just to give a little bit of a backstory. Um, I want to be really frank with you guys and honest because you guys are the body of Christ and um, I don't want it to be like my professional terms. I just want to be me with you guys um, so that you know what's going on and what to be in prayer for because we we need prayer. Um, We came from Northern California. We were based out of Northern California for a really long time um, and just due to the state of California trying to shut us down, um, we were in a battle legally with them. Um, a nonprofit came alongside us to take them to court um, to basically say that your allegations are not like true. And we were in that fight for a really long time, and you guys were praying for us as we were in that fight with California. Um, but we kind of came to a place where the Lord, uh, where we could have continued to go, but California has endless resources, and we do not. Um, and we just kind of came to a place where we knew that the Lord wanted us to focus on the ministry and the girls that we have in our care um, rather than fighting the state of California. And I realize now that um, I have not told you what I actually do. Um, (laughs) But I work with a nonprofit and ministry called Teen Rescue, and that kind of umbrellas two different programs underneath us. Um, You may have heard some other names like Faces or Riverview Christian Academy, me um, or Together Freedom, and um, it's we have a lot of names because of safety for our girls. We work with at-risk girls on this, like over here. We work with at-risk girls. Their stories are all over the place, whether that be drug addiction or parental issues. Maybe they um, haven't been in school for two years and they're 12, and so they need to get caught up. Um, or whether that be sexual abuse, whatever their story is, they come to us and we help them um, work through all of those issues and kind of focus a lot on family reintegration. And then on our other side, but on the same land, um, we have our CSEC girls. And those are the girls that have been trafficked um, sexually. And so we more focus on um, trauma therapy and getting them spiritually, emotionally healed so that they can then focus on um, life skills and hopefully be in a place when they leave our care that they're ready to go back into the world with some skills behind them so that they can um, have like a healthy lifestyle. 
Um, and so that's who we are. We are Teen Rescue, and um, I just wanted to give you an update that we moved to Texas last year. Some of you guys may know that, um, and we are focused on our girls and the ministry and what we're doing, and it has been good. It's been so good. We were gifted 50 acres of land, and we are on a farm, and so that's different for all of us, but mostly it's different for our girls who have come from the streets and the cities, and now they're little cowgirls, and it's really cool. They love it. They love getting their hands dirty. They love picking up poop and being with the cows and the goats and the chickens and all that kind of stuff. And it's simple. And, and that's what they need. At the end of the day, these girls need simplicity and to get in the dirt um, to realize um, just what life can be. Um, and so that's what we're focused on. And it has been beautiful. And we have some needs, obviously, always financially. So if you feel like the Lord's putting on your heart to um, talk to me about that, that would be great. I'm going to be here after service. Um, but mostly I just wanted to request your prayer and to remind you of you know, who I am and what we're doing in Texas. Because we have come out of a year of peace and rest. And it has been so restful, especially for our director, Tiffany Morgan, my um, boss. Um, she is an amazing woman of God who has been doing this for 16 years. And I don't know if you guys know this, but the overall turnaround for people who work with kids who've been um, we're just survivors of um, trafficking, is four years. So this woman has been um, going hard for the Lord for a long time, and I'm always astounded at her um, ability to keep on moving forward with her eyes on Jesus. Um, and that's what we need. And so I'm here today asking that you guys would come alongside us. We um, fully believe that we are about to go into a season of war. Um, and war for Jesus. And we are um, tired soldiers from our fight in California, and we've had a year of rest, and now the Lord is calling us into a season of a little bit more chaos and a little bit more focus on um, the darkness at hand. And we, that kind of came to light this last week when we had two of our girls run away, um, and we had up to this point, really good um, experiences with our local law enforcement. And over this last week, we kind of realized that that may not be the most positive experience. And as you would imagine, that can be very discouraging coming from California and having very negative experiences with law enforcement. And not that I'm trying to tear anything down. I just want to be honest with you that it's been hard. And we're about to um, come into a season where we think that girls that are going to be coming in are coming from really heavy, 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 dark chains and we want to be that light and Jesus to them. And we need your prayers for that because this is strong. Darkness is strong, but Jesus is more powerful. We fully believe that. The Lord gave me the word powerful um, on last week and not realizing at all how much we would need that word going into this week, that the Lord is more powerful than any darkness plant, any plant of darkness. Um, but I just wanted to share that with you guys, give you a little bit of an update, and um, just ask for you guys to come alongside us in prayer as we go into this new season. And thank you for all of your help. Agree with me while we pray for her this morning. Father, I, I ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be upon my sister. Lord, you'd anoint her for the mission that you have for her and her coworkers, Lord. I pray that you would put courage in their hearts, Lord. Lord, just the, those steps of we're always in her, finding out how weak we are and yet how strong you are, Lord. I pray for strength to fill them, Lord. 
and blessing. Lord, I pray for even this morning in this congregation, you'd be moving on hearts for people to support Shannon in the work that she does, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would do that. I pray for these young ladies, Lord, that you would restore dignity dignity to them, Lord. Lord, you would reveal to them how much you love them, Lord. You would heal them in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, you would bind the enemy, Lord, and thwart his plans, Lord. I thank you that you are more powerful and you are the king and able to save, Lord. pray you move in power in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. Would you stand with, stand with me while I read the text? Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. And God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Father, please anoint me to teach and preach your word. Give us ears to hear and an expectation, Lord, that your word is being opened and it never returns void and it's always producing in us, Lord, um, the person of Jesus Christ. We want to be more like Jesus this morning. That's what we're asking, Lord. Holy Spirit, we're asking nothing short that you would come down and live this life for us. It's amazing that we can ask us. That it's amazing we can ask that of you, Lord. I pray that you would move in our lives. Help us to receive your forgiveness and your covering, your love. Heal our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. I got a lot of text messages after the first service from family members saying, you did really good. And they interpreted my pauses as nervousness. I had a 10-year-old on the way out say, good job. I am not nervous about the teaching. I was nervous about this part. I will pause a lot in this teaching because I'm trying not to say um, but I am not nervous. Sheesh. Let's talk about faith. Can I, I, and I have to stay between these pillars because I keep walking outside of the camera. Okay. I'm a verbal processor and I apologize. I have the slide clicker. <laughs> Whoo! Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. If you've ever read that verse and been like, cool, what does that mean? <laughs> I, I even to this day read that verse. I'm like, that's awesome. What <laughs> does that mean for me? And if we look down at Hebrews 11.6, it helps give some more flavor and understanding to verse 1. Hebrews 11.6, And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So I want to attach to verse 1, verse 6, and this idea of he exists and he rewards. So the faith, now faith is the assurance that he rewards, of things hoped for, 
the conviction of things not seen. He exists. <laughs> Let's tackle this idea of he exists first. God wants to have a relationship with you. He is trying to reveal himself to you. He is wanting to um, engage in a deep personal relationship with you. In order for that to happen, you must believe that he exists. It's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It's a very good basic first step. For you and I to get to know one another, you know, after the service, you know, say we're out on the deck, and I was like, hi, my name's Caleb Dio. I'm the youth pastor here. And you're like, I don't believe you. We're not going deep. <laughs> we're not going to get to know each other very well. I mean, vice versa. You tell me who you are. I'm like, I don't believe you. It's not going anywhere. So in believing that God exists, we must believe that he is who he says he is. That we believe his word, that we believe his word is inerrant, that it's true without error, that it is God breathed, that he exists. This first aspect of faith. The second thing God wants us to know is that he rewards. That he's a giver, not a taker. I even think, like, I think most Sundays growing up, I mean, I grew up in the church. I've had this stuff, and so, I mean, it's not a really nice way to say it, but shoved down my throat since I was a, a baby. And um, I can't tell you how many mornings I came in on a Sunday, and I was afraid that God was going to expose me. And I wasn't even like a major league center yet, <laughs> you know? I was still on a farm team. <laughs> God is not a taker. He is a rewarder. He is a giver. He's not an exposer. He is, he covers. It's in his nature to cover. And my, my flesh, my sinful nature, my, my evil side is always afraid of God exposing it. It's always afraid of the, the wrathful God of thunder and lightning. Um, and so I'm always kind of trying to stay back. He's going to expose me. He's not a rewarder. He's a taker, and I'm always kind of leaning back. Um, in boxing, if you're new to boxing, the tendency is to stay back, but it hurts a lot worse when you get punched with a full reach versus leaning into it. The closer you are, the less time and speed they have, and so in a relationship with the Lord, lean in. <laughs> Draw close. It hurts a lot less. <laughs> He's a rewarder, he's a giver, he's not a taker. This is, I mean, these really foundational, basic concepts that our heart desperately needs to know. And these, these concepts divide and they contrast Cain and Abel. And that's, what, that's who we're looking at this morning. Um, next verse, Hebrews 11.2. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. The word commendation in the Greek is martyreo, and it has this idea of an authoritative witness, a legal term, but it's where we get our word martyr from. I think that's such a beautiful tie into Jesus. That Jesus Christ is a martyr for us. I've never thought of Jesus as a martyr until I was studying this verse, but you know, the end of this Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, it says, look to Jesus, right? Chapter 12 Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus Christ is our commendation. He is our martyr, and he martyred himself for the joy that was set before him, his bride, perfect in eternity with him forever. We are so stripped of, maybe a better way to say it is, we are so unaware of how God sees us. We do not realize how much he loves us, how available his forgiveness is. And because of that, we act a lot like Cain and not Abel. Abel offered his sacrifice by faith. Because he believed he was forgiven. He believed that God loved him. He received the commendation, the martyr. He believed in it. A couple other kind of ideas about faith. I'm trying to connect all Faith's a big term. It's very familiar to us. And we kind of can glaze over it because of that. We can kind of lose sight of what it, what it means. So I'm trying to narrow that. I'm trying to make that very specific this morning. Romans 10, 17 says, faith, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. This idea of commendation, martyr, receiving the word of Christ. Abel offered his sacrifice by faith. And it was in hearing the word of Christ that he was able to offer his sacrifice. So uh, I want to look back at Genesis chapter 3 and look at what Abel heard. Turn to Genesis chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. Um, Adam and Eve have eaten the fruit. They have realized that they are naked and they have made them, you know, garments out of leaves trying to cover up their nakedness. God shows up, curses the snake, and then he speaks to the woman and to the man and then demonstrates the covering. Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of, it, eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles, it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. That last verse there is, it's a gospel proclamation. It's a point to Jesus. An innocent animal's life was taken. There was blood. There was death. And through it, Adam and Eve were covered and now could be in the presence of the Lord. They received that covering. They received that commendation. They received 
that sacrifice. They received that martyr. And it's pointing to Jesus. People in the Old Testament, they were saved by looking forward to the cross. We are saved by looking back to the cross. Cain and Abel would have been well aware of this story. (laughs) If you and I can read this story thousands and thousands of years later and be well aware of it, I'm sure Cain and Abel were well aware of what happened. There wasn't any social media, no distractions, nothing on TV. They were well aware of these words and these actions of the Lord. And so it's not by Abel's ability that he offers a better sacrifice. He chooses to receive this covering, this prescribed manner of approach that God had given them. And that's why in Hebrews it says, by faith, Abel offered a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. He received the covering. He, in a sense, received the commendation. He believed that God forgave him. He believed in God's love. And he chose to act on it. Um, Let me just read Genesis chapter 4, the account of Cain and Abel's sacrifice. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. You know, on first reading of that, you're like, man, that's really unfair. They're just bringing, you know, what they do. This guy's a farmer, this guy's a a rancher, he's bringing some produce, this guy's bringing some meat. They're just bringing what they do. No, that's not what's going on here. (laughs) They're not just bringing what they do. One brother is listening to the prescribed word of God on how to approach him. The need for a covering in one brother is not. The one brother is trying to earn God's favor with his own merits, and one is freely accepting the covering that God has given That's what's going on here. And God's heart is revealed in verse 6. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. You know, we get this idea that, you know, Cain's offering wasn't, you know, acknowledged or accepted, and God's like, See you, Cain. That's not at all like what the story says. God comes to Cain. He's like, Come on, man. Do good. I told you how to approach me. Receive my forgiveness. Receive my covering. Receive my martyr. Receive my commendation. And, and enter, do good and enter into this relationship with me. Why are you angry? Why are you sad? Receive the forgiveness. Cain doesn't do that. We know the story. Cain refuses that covering. He refuses God's forgiveness. And because of that, his heart is filled with anger and hate. And he goes and murders his brother. This is the oldest story, like, well, it's one of the oldest stories in the Bible, and it's echoed throughout the story of this book. We have Cain and Abel. We have Pharisees and sinners throughout the whole New Testament. We have the prodigal son and the oldest brother. You could almost put those, the names of Cain and Abel into that story. Hmm.
So this first aspect of faith is this belief in, in God's existence, belief in his word, belief in what he says, right? It's an intellect. Faith is intellectual understanding to what God has revealed. He's revealed himself. He's revealed his word. There's, it, it takes belief in that, that God exists. Romans 10, 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. The evidence of things not seen, he exists. The second aspect, the reward aspect of faith, faith is also a vital and supernatural principle of action, working by love. That's so important. Faith working by love. Galatians 5, 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, uncircumcision counts for anything. And Paul is using that word circumcision, but you could say, for in Christ Jesus, neither lawfulness nor unlawfulness counts for anything, but only faith working through love. The assurance of things hoped for, love. He rewards love. Trying to connect all those ideas. I want to look at a couple stories in the New Testament that help kind of flesh out these ideas. Luke 7, 36 through 50, it's the woman who is a sinner coming and weeping over Jesus' feet. Luke 7, 36, one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will he, will he love him will love, Now, which of them will love him more? Verse 43, Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he answered to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. She loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who are at table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. It's a great picture of a Cain, Simon, the Pharisee, and an Abel, the woman weeping at his feet. Simon sitting at the table, 
does not, he's not received God's forgiveness. He's not entered under that covering. He has not received a martyr or a commendation from the Lord. That woman has. And her heart is filled with love. It's faith working by love. It's one of the most, it's the purest, I use the word romance and that sometimes can like trigger really wrong ideas. This is the most pure scene, the most pure love. I love this picture. I love when Jesus says, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. Her, how much love does it take to, to fill someone's heart to do what she's doing? That's a lot of love. No rom-com has ever done this scene because it's not enough love. This is a heart filled with the love of an everlasting God who, who says about himself, I am literally love. This is eternal love. And her heart's filled with it. She doesn't even know that Simon's there. It wasn't like she was outside this, this patio going like, I, I, I think I should do this. I should go in there. She heard that Jesus was there, runs home, grabs this, and goes straight to his feet and just loves him and adores him. And nothing else exists in the whole wide world because her heart is filled with love. She has received the commendation. She has received a martyr. She has received the reward. She believes in it. Another picture, um, you know, the same, same kind of story. It's John chapter 8, where the woman who was caught in adultery is brought before Jesus. He's in the temple. He is teaching, and the Pharisees drag this woman and throw her at his feet. And Jesus just kind of like, he looks around, sees these men, sees this woman, doesn't say a thing. You know, they're trying to put him on his heels, right? They're trying to get him to, to rock back a little. Jesus leans in and he just goes right down to the ground and starts writing stuff down in the dirt. We don't know what he wrote in the dirt, but I think it was like the sins of the men who were standing there. And it says that they were convicted by their own conscience. In the King James Version, it says that they were convicted by their own conscience. And one by one, starting with the older, they left until it was just the woman standing there. Cain's and Abel's. Cain's hate Abel's. They hate them. They can't stand the fact that this sinner has not earned God's forgiveness. They can't stand it because they're desperately trying to earn God's forgiveness too. They've lived such a good life. They've done everything right. They've obeyed all the rules and they're desperately needing forgiveness as well. And they can't stand the fact that this person has done everything wrong and they're still getting it. Let's look at the, the story of the prodigal son, Luke 15. What does Jesus say to the woman caught in adultery? Where are those who condemn you? She's like, nowhere. They're, they're gone. <laughs> Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Your sins are forgiven. It's a forgiven heart that doesn't sin anymore. It's a forgiven heart that starts to walk in righteousness. Uh, Luke 15 Verse 11. And he said there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country. And he began to be in need. 
So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the field to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. Pausing real quick. This guy's faith is weak. He has no idea how much the father really loves him, but nonetheless, he still believes that he will receive a small reward from the father. Even being a servant of his father at this point, he sees as a reward. He believes his father exists, he believes his father is true, and he believes his father will reward him. Verse 20, and he arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. The father totally ignores everything he's saying. Verse 22, but the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. Just like the son, you and I have very little concept and even if we have been walking with the Lord for this, our whole lives, we have very little understanding of how much the Lord truly loves us. And maybe you've been a Pharisee your whole life and you've literally spent all your time in the house of the Lord. Those Pharisees, where did they spend all their time? In the word of God, in God's house, and they had no idea of how much God loved them and how, how much they were forgiven. The hope that, that Christ looked at them with. Verse 25, now entering Cain before the first son, Abel, or the sinner. Now entering Cain, the Pharisee, the oldest brother. Now his older son was in the field, verse 25. And he came and drew near to the house and heard the music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed a fatted calf. And because he has received him back safe and sound, but he was angry and refused to go in. Cain's hate Abel's, Pharisees hate sinners. Oldest brothers hate youngest brothers. Verse 29, but he answered his father, look, these many years, oh, sorry, I skipped something. Verse 28, but he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated with him. I think that's one of the most that's one of my most precious verses. I'm an oldest brother. I am a recovering Cain and Pharisee. The father went out to him and entreated with him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you and have never disobeyed your commandment. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with uh, prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him? And he is to him... Uh, uh, sorry, and he said to him, well, let me pause there real quick. Both these sons just wanted something from the father. They both went about it, getting it in different ways. The one son came directly to the Lord. I want riches and I want my um, inheritance right now. Give it to me. I'm out and I'm going to go party. 
The other son, he just wanted the same, you know, he wanted possessions. He wanted a fatted calf too. He wanted a party. He wanted his father's possessions. He was going about it trying to earn it. They're both guilty of the same sin, wanting something from the father and not wanting the father himself. Verse 31. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. The oldest brother, I mean, it's such a fitting picture of a Pharisee. Always in the house of the Lord. The word of God at, at their fingertips. They spent all their time memorizing it, and yet they missed the Father. They missed the reward. There's an intellectual ascent, this belief in God's existence, and yet there was not faith working through love. It's almost like they were always so afraid of being exposed, they never came under the covering. They never received that commendation, that martyr. They're, uh, they're trying to bring fruit and grain and instead a blood sacrifice of Jesus is all that will, will cleanse and save. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a recovering Cain and a, a recovering Pharisee. I'm the oldest son. And I so identify. You know, I just, I did everything right, quote unquote. <laughs> I was a really good kid because I was so pharisaical and proud in my heart. I never wanted to be told I was wrong. And, uh, and I'm just astounded at how badly, even though I've on the outside done so many things right, I'm astounded at how badly my heart just needs to be forgiven. And I'm still working through that all the time. Like I said, Cain's hate Abel's. And uh, even this week, I kind of was called on the carpet a little bit. Justin Bieber has been like singing in like church um, services. And uh, at first when he started doing it, I was like, oh man, praise the Lord, that's so cool. What a neat thing. And then like a couple of weeks, like oh, a month ago or something, he came out with a song. I get, I get my weed from California. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, you chomp. <laughs> Total pharisaical heart. Like, obviously you're not saved. Obviously you're still a sinner. Obviously you have not, like in, in, all this stuff, right? And a lot of it's subconscious. I don't even realize it. And then this last week, he's back in a church service with this pastor named Judah Smith singing. And he's, you can tell in, in in the video, he is trying to be small. He is not singing out with this big, colorful voice. He is trying to praise the Lord and lead worship with this worship team. And he's trying to be small. And I just, my heart got, got kind of put on, put on blast because I was like, when I first saw that, I was like, sinner. If Jesus knew what kind of guy you were, <laughs> you know? And I just, oh, Lord. And now when those situations come up, it's not Bieber who needs, I don't think about Bieber. It's almost like a red light in my check engine, you know, saying like, dude, you need to know you're forgiven because right now you don't. Right now you don't know you're forgiven. You don't know how much God loves you. It requires believing that God exists and believing that he rewards those who seek him. If you have a pharisaical heart, if you are a Cain this morning, you need desperately to know that God forgives you. And that is what changes somebody's heart. That's what motivates someone to come and weep at Jesus' feet and to kiss his feet and to anoint his feet with oil. This, um, this picture of her, the woman, wiping her hair, wiping Jesus' feet with her hair 
is beautiful because now she bears the fragrance of Christ. By doing that, by wiping her hair, she's collecting some of that ointment, that costly um, oil, and it's collecting into her hair as well, and she bears the fragrance of Christ. And the only way to do that is to receive that forgiveness. That's the only way that you're going to be able to kind of produce this love for the Lord. It's the only way it's not you produce, that's a bad way to say it, but it's the only way that it's going to come out of your life is receiving this forgiveness. If you're filled with, you know, like, like Cain, like the Lord says, why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? If that's you this morning, if your face is fallen, if you're angry this morning, I think you need to know that you're forgiven. I think you need to know that you're loved. So Father, please minister that to our hearts. And my heart really goes out to the Cains in the world, Lord. I love so much that you come to the oldest son, that you come out to Cain, and you say, watch out, sin's crouching at the door. Master it. Come under my covering. Receive my martyr. Let me commend you. Let me accept you. So Lord, I pray that we would receive that forgiveness. And from that, Lord, we would love you fiercely. It would kind of wipe out everything else. Lord, I want to be that woman who loves you. My heart is so filled with love that I sit at your feet and I can't stop kissing them and wiping it with my hair, Lord, that I just fully enjoying you to the max. That's so otherworldly. It doesn't even, it's hard to comprehend, Lord. Fill our hearts with that kind of eternal love. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, let's stand together and let's just take a moment. Maybe you need a, a time of confession. Um, God says, freely come. Um, your sins can be as white as snow. I cast them as far as the east is from the west. Um, our God is faithful um, to forgive and forget and not hold those things against us. And as this next song says, may we yearn for our king. May he be our very breath. May we think of him on, on every aspect of our lives. Let's join together in song. It goes like this. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my daily bread. This is my daily bread. Your very word spoken to me. And I I'm desperate for you And I, I I'm lost without you 
This is my daily prayer. This is my daily prayer. Your very words spoken to me. Desperate for you, oh Lord, and I, I, I'm lost without you. I'm desperate for you. And I, I, I'm lost without you. I want to yearn for you. I want to burn with passion. Over you and only you, I wanna yearn for you. I wanna burn with passion over you, only you. I wanna burn. One more time together. I want to yearn for you. I want to burn with passion over you. And only you. I want to yearn for you. I want to burn with passion over you. And only you. I want to yearn. If that's you this morning, all you need to do is ask, Lord, I, I know I'm supposed to love you like that. I want to love you like that, but I don't. Help me. Help me to love you like that. That's the most fabulous prayer you can, you can bring. It's so honest. It's so real. It's so, it so exposes your vulnerability and your inability to receive that commendation. Lord, help me receive your forgiveness. Help my heart to be filled with love. Help me to understand these things. Lord, help. Just ask him for it. Believe that he wants to work in your life. Thank you, guys. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. Have a happy Sunday. Jesus.